The following program is produced by Sage Advertising and Marketing. The views and opinions of the host and guests are not necessarily those of this station. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio has helped thousands of listeners make the right decisions when buying homes or refinancing. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is Peter Padilla, pleased to be with you today on a very nice December day in my favorite state in the Union, Nevada. We have three outstanding guests in the studio with us. Dave Washburn is with us. Dave is a hard money lender at Socotra Capital. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thank you, Peter. It's wonderful to be here and great chance to talk with your listeners about hard money loans and how we can help them purchase investment properties. Yeah, hard money. You know, Most people probably think when they first hear of hard money, it's either for losers or you just can't get it, right? You got to deal with some dark entity in order to get this. But hard money lending, it's really gone mainstream. It has, and it's uh, one of the things I credit for the recovery. You know, so many of those homes that were fixed and flipped or bought that were distressed properties were yeah. bought with hard money loans. Mm. And that's how folks were able to uh, purchase those properties, fix them up, and get that inventory back on the market. You know, you're right. When I think about my old career, my ex days as a mortgage lender, I remember there were a lot of really strict rules about buyers buying their property. They had to be in really like almost perfect condition. You know, you couldn't be missing any shingles off the roof. It couldn't be having uh, needing any foundation repair uh, if the well wasn't working or the water didn't. I mean, it's a long list, right? Sometimes people need time to fix those things. That's where it sounds like hard money lending can help quite a bit. Yeah, and that's our clients, you know, our borrowers see the value-added play in doing that work for those end users. And with a lot of the great government programs that Lou has to offer with little or no money down for VA and FHA borrowers, those folks are a little tight on cash, so they can't come in, buy a property, and put a thousand bucks into the roof, and repaint it, and fix the well. They need a turnkey property in order to take advantage of those great loan products. And so, it's a great intermediary. You get a bridge loan from somebody like myself. You have somebody who puts in the sweat equity, and they turn that product around and make sure those folks can uh, go get into it with a nice owner-occupied uh, loan. It's really a great process that you do have available for. Our listeners and for any prospects looking to buy investment real estate, Dave, I want to talk more about hard money, how it works, and maybe give us some give you some uh, ideas or you give us some scenarios on where we could take advantage of. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. I'd love to uh, share those with your listeners. You mentioned Lou Carr. Lou is with us. Lou's the branch manager of Summit Funding, and Lou lends money too, but he does it in a different way, institutional lending. Lou, tell us about that. Uh, yeah, I sure do, Peter, and, and thanks again for having me on the show. It's always great to be here and uh, uh, with our, our group today. I think the, the tradition will continue. I will learn something new today. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we do that institutional lending. Uh, you know, uh, Dave helps somebody buy a home that's maybe uh, uh, missing a few components in the, in the health and safety realm of the home itself. Uh, they they move into that home, fix it up, and then and, and, uh, we can plan this ahead of time, but we'll do something to take out that loan because they are a little bit more expensive for hard money. We'll take that loan out down the road so that that person can have you know, uh, and actually, you know, today's marketplace for rates are still exceptional 
you know, we'll put them in something that they can live there and have a comfortable payment, and and that can be a very su- successful transaction. Oh yeah, so a lot of times the hard money loan is going to help you pull the trigger quickly. And in today's competitive environment for real estate, if you want to buy a piece of property, you've got to be able to pull the trigger quickly, or at least demonstrate that you can. And look, the wheels only turn so fast in the federal government. And I know you're under the rules and regulations of the folks in D.C., Lou, and sometimes just things just can't happen as quickly as people need it. Yeah, there are a lot of new regulations that came about in the beginning of October, and we're we're working our way through those. Um, you know, there there are bumps in the road. Takes us a little bit longer to close a loan right now, but we're still you know 35 to 40 days start to finish to mm-hmm. do a transaction. So it's not too bad, and I have a feeling in a, in another month or two. You know, after we've really started closing quite a few transactions, we're going to get a handle on it. We're going to have a pretty good, pretty good turn time again, probably 30 days or under for a pretty standard institutional loan. A lot of people want to start their investment portfolio, Lou, but they haven't even bought their primary residence. So I always encourage people to buy a primary residence and consider turning that primary residence somewhere down the road into a rental property, and then voila, you will have investment property. But my favorite way of doing that, as you and I have chatted previously, is with the duplex, the threeplex, and the fourplex. And later in the show, I would like you to talk to our listeners about how that can be tremendously advantageous, especially as we approach the end of the year. You bet. I'd love to do that. Thanks, Peter. All right, awesome. We have another guest in the studio with us, one of my favorite people to talk to about real estate because he really knows the numbers. Ken Amundsen, and Ken is the corporate broker at Keller Williams Group One here in Reno. Welcome to the show, Ken. Hey, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here and share what we have. You remember the last time you were here? It was quite a while ago, a couple of years. I don't even remember how long it's been. I know you've been here, but it's been way too long, Ken. Well, it, it was, wasn't fair because you told me something about introducing me as Noah's realtor when he came off the ark. <laughs> and that wasn't really fair, you know? Were I'm, you? I'm sorry. <laughs> Were you? I was the seller's agent on that one, okay? And just to be clear, the only financing available back then was hard money. Yes, it, it was. was. All private. They were all yes, private money loans. So. It was. They, they called and them the shekels. Con- <laughs> and the contract was on stone tablets, so right. you know, what are you going to do? That's funny. Ken, we enjoyed listening to your presentation recently at the Reno Real Estate Investors Club, and it just so happens that everybody in the studio here, myself, Lou, and Dave Washburn, we were there too, and we had a good audience looking at that information that we were presenting to the investors group there, and we we're going to talk about some of the statistics that you were chatting about, but you've been doing this a long time, and, and I know you really love the statistics and of the business. Give us and our listeners an idea of how long you've been doing what you're doing in the real estate business and why it's stats that you love so much. Well, it's interesting, too, because I have no background in stats and no schooling in it, but it's something I did in self-defense, actually. Um, I've been doing uh, real estate uh, for 20 years now, 20 mm-hmm. and a half years. I was a professional customer before. I had six or seven corporate transfers in my other life. I was in the communications business before. Mm. I opened the uh, the cellular phone market here in Reno in 1987. We oh, had wow. 56 customers when I uh, got here to take over that and uh, one transmitter site. So that was how long ago that was. But um, – I was elected uh, president of the association, the Reno Sparks um, Association of Realtors, in 2010, Mm -hmm. and I did a lot of interviews. And right then, of course, we were in the the real bad part of our market where we had suffered lots of foreclosures, lots of short sales, lots of trouble. Mm 
What a time and, to be the president. Huh? Well, I, I ended up you know, being called on with no notice sometimes for doing two or three interviews a week. Mm-hmm. And um, in some cases over the phone, some cases in my car, wherever I was, and of course some on TV or radio. And I prepared a cheat sheet for myself just to, just to have something to say that was accurate. Because one of the things we elected to do then and one of my, my missions as the president then was to kind of take over the role for our association to be the spokesperson for real estate with good, accurate information. Because there's an awful lot of stories around and hearsay stuff that just doesn't, you know, doesn't quite ring true. And it, it leaves a bad impression out there. So we said, let's set it straight. Information that buyers and sellers need, it changes daily. I went back and, and actually looked at the um, market numbers because I started doing this in about 2009. And the, the numbers, I went back to actually 1990 and looked at trends and said, okay, what are, we used to have a pretty boring market here. In the 90s, when California had a 40% decline one year, like 92-ish or so, mm-hmm. we went flat that year. But we've never had any losses. We mm-hmm. were had no real down years in the past. But – I said, hey, we, we need to really get an accurate number. So we went back to 2000 and looked at the details and put together some charts and, and said, okay, we had a rapid, rapid run-up during that 2003 to five or six range. The rest of the country actually peaked later than we did. We've been early on that. Mm-hmm. We also got in trouble earlier. Uh, yeah. The market actually technically hit the peak in, in January of 2006, but it went down 10% between there and February of 2006, and we started to fall. Part of it is because we, we had a lot of people who probably shouldn't have bought a home or shouldn't have bought the property they did because they, they really were dependent on specialty loans and other kinds of things and maybe some pretty fragile income. The other thing I think that got really loose was the way that all those mortgages that were written were packaged and rated by the rating agencies. And a lot of people don't realize there's, you know, a fairly, you know, long, maybe 90-day, 180-day process from when the loans originated to when it's packaged to when it's rated to when it's sold and then sliced and diced and resold. And, you know, if there's an end buyer for the product, they'll keep creating a new one. And Mm, and they got really creative at creating new products. Uh, and I know because, uh, in, you know, October of 2006, I bought my first place at 21 years old. And it wasn't because of my history of income or incredible yeah. credit. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I got one of those arm loans and, and learned the hard way with those. At least it yeah. wasn't one of the ninja loans, the no income, no job no, no uh, income, loans. No job. That, that's yeah. that's yeah. the worst ones of all. Yep. Yeah. And actually, Peter, um, one of the other dynamics that was going on back in that time frame was you had a lot of pressure from – the federal government because you needed to be, as a lender, you needed to be doing loans to all races, colors, creeds, religions. And so there was a lot of pressure on the lending uh, lending institutions to expand out and make sure that Mm -hmm. you are not just doing your loans for one portion of the marketplace. You know, I like the fact that the government would say you cannot do loans just for the people that qualify. You have to do loans for people that don't qualify. Please come up with something. It seems like that's what they came up with. Well, it became a point where where owning a home was a right and not not a privilege or not something you work to achieve. Yeah, Yeah, you earned. Good news is things are coming back. There are a lot of great opportunities for home buyers, real estate investors. 
if you have the right kind of knowledge. You can't just go in nowadays with the, the fact that the market is going up. Uh, nobody wants to see those mistakes taking place again. So we've got the experts in the studio today. Dave Washburn from Socotra Capital, Lou Carr from Summit Funding, and, of course, Ken Amundsen, and he is with Keller Williams Group 1. We're going to be talking about some of the statistics that are right now prevalent in northern Nevada after this message. This is Melissa Palangi from King Bee Construction. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he's always bringing experts together. Peter Padilla is a marketing expert. Hello, I'm Andy Cassidy from Junk King, Reno. We know you like a clean house and a clean yard, but sometimes things are too big, too heavy, or too much. That's when you call us, Junk King, Reno. We're the professionals in the junk and rubbish removal business. Our team comes to your home to pick up what you need to dispose of. You don't need to gather or haul all your stuff to the curb. We can pick it up from your home and haul it away quickly. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. We recycle and donate everything possible before we visit a landfill. We're fully licensed and bonded. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Is it that time of year to make an appointment? Are you in the market for a mammogram? Instead of a mammogram, why not consider making an appointment for a thermogram? Thermograms are the modern, safe alternative to a mammogram. By mapping known thermal changes in the breast tissue that occur when disease is present, a very early detection can be noted and addressed. This breast screening method is totally safe at any age for any type or condition of the breast. And best of all, it is painless, does not involve any breast compression, no physical contact, and no radiation exposure. A certified medical trainer specialist can determine the abnormal changes in a woman's breast. Thermography is not a standalone examination. Along with your physician's direction, the proper secondary screening can be determined should the thermal image indicate a problem. For a free consultation on whether or not this is the right choice for you, call Thermal Imaging Consultants today, 356-0200. That's 356-0200. Or check them out on the web at thermogramexam.com. This is Ken Amundsen, Corporate Broker at Keller Williams Group One. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he's available to bring the latest information to us every week. Peter Padilla is an awesome professional and a friend. Thank you, Peter. You're tuned in to 1060 AM Radio, KFOY, the Lotus Broadcast Station in Northern Nevada. Lou Carr is with us. Lou is the branch manager of Summit Funding. Lou, when people are buying primary residence, I know they're emotional. Hey, where's the kid's room going to be? What are we going to do when grandma comes to visit? And so forth. When it comes time to buy investment property, though, most people think there's not as much emotion. 
I believe that to be the case. Yes, um, I think that that you hit the nail on the head. You know, you've got a family and you've got children, and and you know, husband and wife both have their ideas of what they're looking for. I mean, everybody wants to be comfortable in their home, and and uh, yeah. So when you're buying your primary residence, it's it's you know, it's a, a, a tougher decision. Um, but an investment property, you it's almost like you take one hat off and you put on another hat mm-hmm. and and now you need to you know in you need to rely on your realtor you need to rely on your lender you need to rely on you know you have to trust those people you're working with but yeah i think it's a totally different uh, transaction. It really is like running a business in fact the way i look at it because you have to really count your pennies and you've got relationships that you've got to uh, gauge just like if you had employees. I've heard that one of the worst things you can do when you buy investment property is to rent it out to family members. Uh, I I think I've, that's that's where we hear all the horror stories. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes, because you know you're going to give your family member a break and you feel sorry for them and right. whatever the case, right? That applies to uh, friends too, family and friends. Mm. I mean, I've mm. I've got uh, family members of uh, my own family that have had a piece of property and needed to rent it out and rented it to friends. And next thing you know, you're four months, six months, a year down the road and haven't collected any rent. Yeah, so That's, uh, that's uh, not good. Do you know how to lose friends? Loan money to them. That's right. <laughs> or, or rent them out your property. It's almost the same thing. Right. Dave Washburn is here with us too, also a lender, a different kind of lender, hard money lender. And Dave, you don't lend money for primary residence purchases. Why is that, that you guys focus only on investment property? Because Lou's so good at it, I can't compete. Uh, there you go, Lou. No, it's, uh, it has to do with uh, you know what we're trying to offer. And mm-hmm. uh, in today's market, there are so many different loan products and so many property types mm-hmm. that uh, we've chosen to really focus and differentiate ourselves. And one of the ways that we do that is by working with investors. And when you do that, you don't have all the same consumer disclosure laws and underwriting restrictions because you're not reselling those notes on the secondary market to a government entity like Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. What that allows us to then do is move very quickly. One of the things you negotiate in a purchase contract is price. But there are a lot of other things like term and timing. Mm -hmm. And so we've been able to focus on those other things and offer that to a client so that they can move quickly uh, to close on properties or they can uh, offer different uh, things to somebody who's selling and maybe meet that need in a way somebody with a higher price Mm -hmm. but slower financing can't. With investment property, you're able to have this other option, hard money lending. It's a pretty good advantage if you want to move quickly. It is, and uh, to go back to your point on the owner-occupied purchase, if you're buying, you're probably making a 30-year commitment Mm -hmm. on a fixed-rate loan. Go ahead and take a year or two to make sure you have your taxes in order, you get your credit built up. If that's the avenue you want to take in life and you want to be a homeowner, do some research, meet with a lender, get your ducks in a row so that you are a competitive buyer and you know that you're making the right decision when you make it. And if you're an investor, feel free to give me a ring and, you know, we can put stuff together for you and and get you into those properties. Ken Amundsen is with us as well. Ken is the corporate broker at Keller Williams Group One. Ken, but it's all about the cash flow, making money on the deal. Is it really important to make cash flow right away or can you maybe take a little loss for a while and then as rents go up and as values go up, maybe you can reap a benefit that way? 
Well, that happened a lot, for example, in the 2003 to 2006 era because people weren't able to cash flow properly to pay all the payments mm-hmm. many times. They were counting on it. There's a, <clears throat> a kind of a myth that happens. We think of, of it's okay to wait until we sell the property to make some money, and that's not wrong, but it is expensive, and it can be very scary because mm-hmm. you're counting on something you don't control. If you the the secret to investment property is buying it correctly um, <clears throat> and not really worrying about selling it. Mm-hmm. Realistically, you buy right by making sure that it pencils out when you start. Yeah. And the financing is important and the, the timing is important, but you're buying it so that you can you know get back whatever it was you, you arranged. And usually mm-hmm. that's a monthly income in mm-hmm. rent or mm-hmm. lease. You know, I recently was uh, traveling to the West Coast. I went to some real estate investor clubs. And while I was waiting in line someplace at a hotel, I picked up a magazine. And there was a magazine that was written about casino gaming. Uh, I don't even play casino games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had some time in line. I picked it up. And there was an article written by a gentleman. And the article was called about the dangers of tilt. And uh, I loved playing pinball when I was a little boy. So when I see the word tilt, it's not a real common word. So I read the article. And what he talked about was he talked about playing blackjack at a table and how there's six guys playing blackjack and he's down to just him and one guy across the way. And there's no way the guy across the way can beat him because he knows he's got two pocket aces and the guy's only showing a two and an ace. But on the very last card that was flipped over on Texas Hold'em, this guy gets a miraculous card and he wins. And so my the author is just talking about how enraged he is, right? How could he lose to this guy? He's an amateur. He doesn't know what he's doing. So he starts making bets that he shouldn't make. He starts playing worse than he should play because he's trying to get back, trying to get even. When I read that, I got to thinking, you know, that sounds like some real estate investors that I know. Doubling the, down. The t- <laughs> dangers of tilt. And I would bet that a lot of people got into that problem right about the peak if you invested in real estate and you lost some money on it. You, some people I know, they went out looking for that next deal real fast because they had to recover. Little did they know the market was going to continue to go down for several years. Mm-hmm. The dangers of tilt. It appears both ways. Uh, you see it in the actual concern for that, and then you see it for the the fact that people went through it, and now they're suffering from remembering it. Uh-huh. Um, they're in a position where they didn't notice it or, or really respond to it much on the way down, but they came around afterwards, and now they're scared. Yeah, they're frozen. Um, and mm-hmm. if you think about it, a, a brilliant investor would have would have hawked their soul and bought every every house they could buy, for example, in two thousand two or three, sold them all. At the end of 2004, maybe the first quarter of 2005, buried the money in a, in a bucket in their backyard and dug it up in 2012 and started buying again. They might have bought gold mm. at that time if they were speculative, mm. but realistically, they just hide the money yeah. because there was now a, another opportunity. Well, who can forecast those kind of things? Right. So you try to make sure that you buy correctly mm. because – one of the strategies I have, I have a, a rental, but I wanted to make sure that my rental house was in the path of where people would move down to if things got tough. 
it wasn't the richest house on the street or in the neighborhood. It was one that somebody could afford if they lost half of their income. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's what happened back in 2006, 7, and 8. Yeah. People lost one of the two jobs they absolutely needed to make the payment. Yeah. And they were making a payment that they probably really shouldn't have done in the first place, but they could afford it. Mm-hmm. And nobody walks away from payments if they can afford them. Mm-hmm. Not normally. But when things get tough, you lose one income and you keep trying. It's scary. Yeah, so there is a lot of emotion to the ownership of real estate, and I believe it's even in investment as well because, you know, I'm, a, I'm pretty attached to my money. I'm emotional when I think about the coins that I've lost and haven't saved. Well, you stapled them together. You know, that, you know, that. <laughs> and see, I didn't get advice from an expert. <laughs> but if you talk to the right people, uh, you can avoid a lot of those challenges, and uh, it, it only happens when you connect and when you make an effort. Ken Amundsen at Keller Williams Group One. We have more conversation with you later in the show. But if, in case anybody wants to reach you and they've got to turn away from the program, what's the best way to contact you? Well, they can certainly – I actually answer my phone, so uh, 775-224-3351. And they can certainly reach me by text or by email, mm-hmm. Ken Amundsen, A-M-U-N-D-S-O-N, at gmail.com. Awesome. I've got that on our website, Nevada Real Estate Radio. We were talking with Lou just before we were chatting about this part. And, Lou, we were talking about how there are certain ways, creative ways, for people to buy that first home and investment property all at about the same time. When we come back, I'm hoping you'll be able to share that great news with our listeners. I can do that, and I will. Please hang on. We'll be back after this message. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Is it that time of year to make an appointment? Are you in the market for a mammogram? Instead of a mammogram, why not consider making an appointment for a thermogram? Thermograms are the modern, safe alternative to a mammogram. By mapping known thermal changes in the breast tissue that occur when disease is present, a very early detection can be noted and addressed. This breast screening method is totally safe at any age for any type or condition of the breast. And best of all, it is painless, does not involve any breast compression, no physical contact, and no radiation exposure. A certified medical trainer specialist can determine the abnormal changes in a woman's breast. Thermography is not a standalone examination. Along with your physician's direction, the proper secondary screening can be determined should the thermal image indicate a problem. For a free consultation on whether or not this is the right choice for you, call Thermal Imaging Consultants today, 356-0200. That's 356-0200. Or check them out on the web at thermogramexam.com. Buying investment real estate is a big decision. Getting the right mortgage is critical. This is Michelle Holbert, NMLS 184194 and MLB 3723 from Caliber Home Loans. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be your best investment purchase of a lifetime. 
When you find the right property at the right price, you'll need to be pre-approved for your mortgage to lock in your deal with the seller. Caliber Home Loans is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit www.michelleholbert.com, and that's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-H-U-L-B-E-R-T.com, or call 775-284-1922. This is Michelle Halbert from Caliber Home Loans. Thank you. Caliber Home Loans, located at 6530 South McCarran Boulevard, Reno, Nevada, 89509. This is Alicia Johnson from Reno, Nevada. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he is a highly knowledgeable individual about real estate in Northern Nevada. Thank you, Peter. Welcome back to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Peter Padilla here with you today, enjoying my conversation with in-studio guests, helping us make great decisions about real estate and real estate for investors. Dave Washburn is with us. Dave is with Socotra Capital, hard money lender. I like like the stats and the info, and uh, can't wait for Ken to break them down for Mm, us. We're going to get to that here real quickly, but first we have to talk to Lou Carr. Lou's the branch manager of Summit Funding. Hope you're doing well too, Lou. I am. I'm having a great time. So give us a scenario here on how somebody could be buying primary residence and investment property almost simultaneously or close to simultaneously. All, all at the same time. And, and, I, and I have to, to qualify this. We're not as creative as Socotra Capital and Dave Washburn. But we do have a few tricks up our sleeves. Mm-hmm. And, and one, of the, one of the ones that we've spoken about on the show here over the, over the last couple of years is, is purchasing maybe a multifamily unit using, you know, you could use VA financing on a two-unit, but FHA financing on a two- to four-unit property and perhaps even using some down payment assistance on a two-unit property. So you uh, FHA requires a 3.5% down payment. We have down payment programs that will allow you to get a grant, which you can use for down payment or closing costs. And nowadays, after some, uh, uh, some creative adjustments by some of these down payment programs, you can actually get 5% of your purchase price to be used 3.5% for the down payment and the other 1.5% for closing costs. So there's some very creative products out there. You could throw in what we call an MTC, a mortgage tax credit program, which will uh, allow you some tax deductions down the road. So, you know, in our way, we have some creative little products. So you close on a two-unit property with a down payment program for your down payment. And next thing you know, the day you close, you're now able to rent the other side of that property out. You have your own home that you now own, and you're a landlord all at the same time. And you can Mm. keep an eye on your property. (laughs) You live right there. Yeah, just don't rent it out to friends or family, right? If you want to avoid any challenges. Well, that that could be a problem. One of the best tips I ever heard is never tell the the tenant that you're actually the owner. Yeah, you, it's probably you, good. You're the manager or something else, mm-hmm. but uh, you never tell them you've got the authority to make any decisions. I, I'm the self-appointed property manager. That way you always have a higher <laughs> level of authority. It's I love classic that. negotiating. Yes. Anytime yeah. you, you yeah. look at all the th- – the president never goes to negotiate. They always yeah. send someone who can't make the final right. decision. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this case, it's my wife who's yeah. – you know, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not authorized to make that decision. No. I'm sorry. Yes, if anybody wants me to make a major decision, 
television, please call my girlfriend. <laughs> yes. She is the highest level of authority. Funny, funny stuff. Well, that's a great way to buy investment property, Lou, and buy primary residence at the same time. I love that program. And, you know, I just think at some point it's not going to be available because it's almost one of those things too good to be true. You actually can pull that one off if you have the qualifications, if you have credit, if you have a stable job, and you fit all the other guidelines that they have to go through. But it's a, it's a marvelous way to get going. It really is. And, and just a reminder, interest rates right now are fantastic. If they went up 1%, they'd still be fantastic. Yeah. If they went up 2%, <laughs> right. they'd still be fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a great time to, to do something like that, to pull the trigger on something like that. If somebody wants to call you, Lou Carr, it's Summit Funding. What's the best way? Hi, this is Lou Carr, branch manager at Summit Funding Incorporated in Sparks, Nevada. My office phone number is 775-626-0775. My cell number is 775-771-4505. Our address is 5931 South Los Altos Parkway, Suite 105 in beautiful Sparks, Nevada, 89436. Our branch NMLS number is 1042857. Summit Funding's NMLS number is 3199. And my NMLS number is 258750. My email address is lcarr at summitf. U-N-D-I-N-G dot net. That's LCAR at summitfunding.net. I do loans in California and Nevada, and we are an equal housing lender. This is Lou Carr at Summit Funding, Inc. Call or text 775-771-4505. You know, if you're an investor, you're truly looking for real estate investing, I could also see where I would be more interested in buying real estate when the market is on the top side, going up high, as opposed to seeing it down here at the bottom. Is that just a psychological belief that a lot of people have that they want to buy? They want to buy the winners. And as the market goes up, everybody's excited about buying, I would think, especially it's, investors. It's hard to that's be how a you con- make money. It's hard to be a contrarian. Mm-hmm. Realistically, yeah. the, the so-called brilliant people that do things – They were mostly lucky, frankly. Um, Sometimes they did research and had some insider information that made it possible. But for the most part, you look at this and who would have thought that we would go up so high from something where we had been so boring in the 90s and then who would crash so fast Mm -hmm. when there really wasn't anything wrong with the economy or the market here in Reno. It was just one of those things where – we were part of the thing, and most of it had to do with people panicking on the way up and buying when they shouldn't have. The other thing you have to look at is what ability they had to weather the storm. When you're buying on a negative amortized, uh, you know, one-year pick-a-payment loan, when you're not paying down the principal, when you're you know stretching your already inflated stated income, your one transmission, you know, one divorce, one real life event away from a 30 day late, and then mm-hmm. that snowballs really quickly. And I think that's, uh, to me, one of the difference with the run we've had in price now. Uh, you know, just a few of the guests we've had recently on the show have talked about how many all cash buyers there are. You mm-hmm. know, Lou knows how many of the loans he's been doing that are fixed rate. 
30 years or people even trading down to a 15 year because the payment's not that much mm-hmm. different. That's right. Those are folks who are committed to owning. And if they do decide to sell, they're selling from a place of strength because they have equity. If Ken's listing their home, they can refuse an offer they don't want to see versus all the folks we had short selling, all the REOs, all the distressed sales. Um, and so I think that's something people need to keep track of as the markets move one direction or another. How many of those new owners can easily be shaken out by a small uh, decrease in price or a small blip in the local economy, things like that? I would think that most people that are buying homes nowadays, they're vetted much better, obviously. They go through the mortgage process. And they're also aware of what happened in the mortgage meltdown. So I would think that they've internally become more cautious and more analytical in the purchases that they make. Lou? Some of the loans done previously, they did open up the market to a lot a lot more people, a lot more buyers. Mm. Um, but one of the things that, that I kind of heard as Ken was going through his, um, his rundown of, of the markets and all that, um, you know, I consider Ken to probably be one of the brightest guys in this area that I know when it comes to the market and analysis and what's going on. And, and I know there were other realtors and people in the business who were also buying homes not knowing. You, you can take any point in time and analyze the marketplace and forecast forward what's the value going to be down the road. We're just guessing. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how many stats you have and all that. If 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 you buy the house, like Ken also mentioned, <laughs> if you buy the house and it pencils out and it makes sense at that point in time, you can you can develop what is it a, a paralysis by analysis mm-hmm. if you overthink it mm-hmm. you, you may never buy a mm-hmm. house and that can go on for a long time so you know if you want to become a real estate investor you have to base it on what's available to you and what all the tools are to buy it and whether that's a comfortable thing for you had you bought a house you know at or near the peak you know, then it, it, everything went down, and now it's coming back up. And I think you said we're within twenty percent of that range. Well, eventually, that value is going to be higher. Was that very disappointing when the values went down? Yes, but you could potentially weather that storm if you're making a good decision when you buy the house. Yeah. Well, when you're looking at that exact thing, um, there's there's two or three things. If you buy it right and you finance it properly. And you pencil it so that you can, you know, make the payments basically. And your rental structure, which is what we're usually talking about here, is um, based on market stuff. The actual rent for a, a three-bedroom, you know, two-bath house, you know, here in town hasn't really changed that much for us. Basically, a starter home, something that's fifteen hundred square feet or less, maybe, and something that that a person would live in, especially mm-hmm. as a first time. Well. People rent, and if they can't own, where did those people go? They had to go somewhere, so they right. rented a home. Mm-hmm. People that used to live in a house can't move into an apartment. They got too much stuff. They got dogs and kids and three-car garages full of junk that they never parked a car in. So they really are, and that's why I think there's a lot of safety in single-family home and fourplex and duplex-type investing because it's within reach. You can do a lot to finance it correctly without having to risk too much, and you're, you're in the in the residence business for somebody else. Yeah. 
If you take a look at some of the charts we were talking about, you know, whether you could forecast or not, one of the things that makes sense is you look at any historical chart and say, oh, they should have known that, that it was going to crash. Well, if you just cover up everything from a certain point forward and only look at what was going on at that point, all you see is maybe a rise mm -hmm. or a fall, either one. But wherever you, you – you don't know the future. And we don't know what government's going to do and all the other things that are going to happen. And some of these crashes and stuff are totally artificial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. We're talking with our in-studio guests about the real estate market in northern Nevada. With us in the studio, Lou Carr from Summit Funding, Dave Washburn from Socotra Capital, and Ken Amundsen, corporate broker at Keller Williams Group One. Ken, I've got more items I want to talk to you about on the chart of – history that you have here for all different ways to look at the real estate market. In case anybody wants to call you, though, they can't hang around for the whole show, what's the best way to reach you? 775-224-3351. Okay. Um, I make a practice of answering my phone, or they can certainly uh, you know, send me an email, kenamundson at gmail.com. All right. When we come back from this break, I want to talk about active single-family residence inventory. That chart looks quite a bit different than the median price looking <laughs> at the recovery. So you can explain those things for us after this commercial break. This is Alan Zane from Atlas Red Realty. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he actually takes the time to do an interview. Peter Padilla is a longtime friend, mentor, and I love him. <laughs> Hello, I'm Andy from Junk King Reno. Why would you call us instead of doing it yourself? There's lots of good reasons. Our team comes to your home to pick up what you need to dispose of. You don't need to gather or haul all your stuff to the curb. We can pick it up from your home and haul it away quickly. We recycle and donate everything possible before we visit a landfill. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. We're the professionals in the junk and rubbish removal business, and we're fully licensed and bonded. And you don't have to wait in a long line at a landfill or transfer station. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. Junk King Reno, locally owned and operated. Let us help you get ready for the holidays. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. Is it that time of year to make an appointment? Are you in the market for a mammogram? Instead of a mammogram, why not consider making an appointment for a thermogram? Thermograms are the modern, safe alternative to a mammogram. By mapping known thermal changes in the breast tissue that occur when disease is present, a very early detection can be noted and addressed. This breast screening method is totally safe at any age for any type or condition of the breast. And best of all, it is painless, does not involve any breast compression, no physical contact, and no radiation exposure. A certified medical trained specialist can determine the abnormal changes in a woman's breast. Thermography is not a standalone examination. Along with your physician's direction, the proper secondary screening can be determined should the thermal image indicate a problem. For a free consultation on whether or not this is the right choice for you, call Thermal Imaging Consultants today, 356-0200. That's 356-0200. Or check them out on the web at thermogramexam.com. You know, when you go into business... You have to have guidance on incorporating. You have to have guidance on how you're going to manage your payroll and inventory. In fact, many people, they forget about this stuff. They don't even think about it when they open up a business, and they're the ones that are most susceptible to failure. Most businesses fail before one year because they don't have adequate planning and structure. 
If you're wanting to start a business or expand your business, I encourage you to visit with Sherry Hill from Sage International. She's known as the wealth protection diva because she helps people avoid the pitfalls of getting into business without having the knowledge or background to be successful. Sherry Hill, Sage International. Visit Sherry at sherryhillshow.com. That's where Sherry Hill's radio show is. And you can also send an email to sherry at sageintl.com to schedule an appointment. We also have all of Sage International's contact information on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. Three guests in the studio. Dave Washburn from Socotra Capital. The last 60 days of the year are always our busiest. We do somewhere in the neighborhood of 35% of our dollar volume in those last two months because there's so many motivated sellers, especially over the last five or six years with all the REOs and short sales and things like that. You noticed banks very willing to move things off their books. Mm -hmm. As that's changed, it's been a different group of sellers, but you still see that calendar year mattering a lot for tax reasons, and that makes motivated sellers. That's right around the corner. So if somebody needs to reach you, what's the best way? The best way is my telephone number, 775-420-4990. Lou Carr is with us, too. Lou's the branch manager at Summit Funding. Lou, it would make a great Christmas gift, wouldn't it, being pre-approved for a mortgage so that you can buy your lovely spouse a house? Absolutely, it would be, yes. And, and actually, we've gotten into contract on a few deals here recently where one of their main goals is to try and close by Christmas time so oh, yeah. they can be in their house. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. That's terrific. Well, we've got all of your contact information on our website, Lou. But I want to remind our listeners, you not only do business in Nevada, but also in California. Very yes. nice. Yes, yes, a lot of our listeners are in California, and people have pro- entities or properties on both sides. So it's great that you can take care of business depending, no matter which one of the states they want to work with you. I'm glad you're with us today. Thanks very much, Peter. It's always great to be here. And, of course, Ken Amundsen is with us. Ken is the corporate broker at Keller Williams Group 1, Reno, Nevada. And Ken is a great person to talk to to get information about the statistics. In the last three months, We've kind of leveled off a little bit and actually settled just a little bit in our price increases. Mm -hmm. And we're still talking about a a very small percentage. Typically, the winter does slow down a little bit overall, does it not? It slows down primarily, though, in volume, not in price. Right. We don't really see a big price change, but we we used to be very predictable with about a 15% lower amount of sales during the winter as we had in the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, And... We all but just one or two years ago, we've had that same, you know, performance. Serious buyers are out there during the winter. What what I find interesting, too, is that although the prices are going up, the median price is going, the recovery is going up, if you look at the chart of the number of homes sold from that low, right, when the bottom out of January 12th, the number of homes, it's relatively stable. That's kind of an interesting contrast to prices. Price keeps going up. It's Almost the same number of homes. Our market has an appetite for somewhere between 450 and 650 homes a month. Regardless of price. Regardless of price, Mm -hmm. pretty much. This market is still, after all these years, still somewhat isolated from the rest of the country in terms of its ups and downs. Our largest employer here in Washoe County is the school district and things like that, the government. The market velocity, what this shows is how many days it takes to sell with no special conditions. We're doing quite a bit better lately because it was almost like 60 days on the market in January of this year. And recently it's down more like in the 40 or 45 days. What is that saying about the market? 
Are there more active buyers? What makes this chart the way it is? It's kind of funny because I threw that chart away after I built it to some extent, only because it measures, in this particular case, solds that started in contract almost any time. So some of these things were on the market last year or six months ago. Um, and what it tells you, though, is that there is some seasonality in in the length of time it takes to get an offer. Mm-hmm. because. We measure the total days on market, which includes all the escrow time and closing time, and it even includes the artificial situation that, you know, I I decide to buy your house, and you've had it on the market one day. But we both agree. I I say, you know, I really want my kids to uh, graduate from high school at this house, so uh, why don't we just stay in escrow until next May 30th or Mm -hmm. something? Well, that's possible to do. You may have some troubles with your loan locks and some other things, but you can do that. Mm. And so we artificially look like we've been on the market for six months when, in fact, it was only a day or two. A more recent thing that's happened and kind of fun is – of all the all the new home all the new listings that went on the market in the month of October, um, as of a, f- a week or so ago, fifty percent of those had already gone into contract and were were basically in the process of being sold. They're pending. Mm-hmm. That's what really is probably even more trendy because the average time it took was six six point one days, mm-hmm. and that is the kind of velocity that we see now in the market. The average number that many people have thought about for the last several years about getting a price on a home for a starter home was $200,000. It was like, a, oh, I'm, I'm a new buyer. That's the kind of range I'm in. And so a lot of people look at that number, and now that number is getting tougher to achieve as far as a, a price that low on a variety of houses, houses to choose from. I see on your chart here that in 2014, in our area, there were 1,653 homes that sold – with a price range of under $200,000. Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, that was actually done uh, year-to-date through mm-hmm. October in 2014 compared with year-to-date in 2015. Uh, so and, that's exactly uh, right. It's about okay. 10 and a half months' worth. All right. And so year-to-date this year, mm-hmm. it's like half of that, 866. I mean, that's that's the, the, the best indicator to me that tells me home prices are going up. And something that isn't in that kind of data is that those homes that are sold this last year are older than the ones from previous years. Uh In other words, what's happening is to find a home that is in the price range of a, quote, starter home, Mm -hmm. you're not finding a 1999 home or a 2005 home. You're finding one in the 70s, the 60s, even the 50s, Mm. because that's where that price is residing now. Yeah, so that doesn't tell you the quality or the age of the home. It just tells you the numbers. So yeah, it's it's definitely a different market than what we had just a year ago. But I know that there are people that are still interested in uh, finding ways to get into real estate because it's it's exciting, it's dynamic, and um, what else is there? I mean, it's the best way to invest if you are smart and you you've got the horsepower behind you. Well, the stability of it is that people need a place to live, mm-hmm. and if you purchase the right kind of property, I I personally typically would not buy a luxury home for a rental in most cases unless I was in a luxury market yeah. somewhere in the country where that's the only thing there is. Right. But the reality is, uh, you want something that can be rented. Mm-hmm. You want it so that the the predominance of people can afford it. And what I look at is you look at our, our median household income in this con- this county area. It's around 55000 or fifty, depending on who's doing the numbers. And if you look at, at 25% of that income, 
Um, you're looking at 18000 in that range, 15000 18000 a year. Um, if you take that amount that you can spend on a mortgage, you divide that by 12, and you're at $1,200, $1,300 a month, and you calculate out what, that, what that'll buy. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, right now, if you um, go through some of those programs, you'll be able to buy a home that's over 200000 right now. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't necessarily true years ago. Yeah, and yeah, back true. when interest rates were six, seven, eight percent, you mm. couldn't do that. Right, right. So price is not everything, but it's yeah. all about the terms. Hey, hey, Ken, I have a question because I've I've kind of always known that that you know we, uh, the the description of a healthy market. I always thought it was a six month supply of homes, but just recently, I'd say in the last six to twelve months. I've heard people uh, uh, referring to a healthy market being fewer months of inventory. Would you talk about that for a little bit? Because I'm confused now. You know, is it is it six, five, four? What, in your opinion, is a healthy market? Meaning, there's a, a balance of buyers and sellers in the marketplace. Well, now you got me confused okay. too. <laughs> um, seriously, what's happened is. The, the, the National Association of Realtors has a tremendous economic group within it with some super economists. And but for the longest time, roughly six months average amount of inventory, that was actually calculated as the amount of time it would take to basically sell off everything available. So if you had 1,000 homes on the market, how long would it take to get rid of all those homes at the rate you're going? Mm-hmm. So if you were selling 100 a month, it would be you know 10 months. If you were selling 500 a month, it would be two months and so on. What's happened is that that's an average. And when I charted that particular you know thing, we had months, uh, periods of time there during that 2011, 29, in that 2009 era, where we had 18 months of inventory. Hmm. On, this, on the other hand, we've been below three, three and a half months of inventory consistently now for a long time. One of the things that makes that a little bit um, misleading, though, is that in the way the National Association does the number, they count a home until it's actually sold, closed, as opposed to when it gets an offer. When you go back and look at, at and figure out that inventory based on what's active in the market, we've been consistently at one and a half to two and a quarter months of inventory for a long time because the number of active homes is, you know, we, we can do this one real, you, you checked it a minute ago, it's 1,200 homes, 1,100 homes. Mm-hmm. We sell 500 a month, it's roughly two months. Mm-hmm. So that's what's really going on. And that's where that velocity of the market thing is getting my attention now because how, how, what's the appetite for homes? And the other thing that's major, major different now than it was you know, 10, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, is new homes. We had two to three hundred homes a month being sold back in two thousand three, four, and five, and adding to our numbers. Now, the new home market is there and it's strong and it's coming back nicely. But typically, they're not pouring a hundred foundations at a time and building when hoping that people will come. You go to a new home subdivision, and typically you get on a waiting list, or you 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 say I'm ready to buy a house, and then you have it built, and it takes five or six months to get it. A lot more caution in the market yeah. all around, and uh, having great data and stats to work with makes our decisions and our 
listeners' decisions all the easier. Ken Amundsen from Keller Williams Group One. Ken, it's been awesome to have you here. We've got more questions, but we've run out of time. Hopefully, you'll come back and visit soon. Thank you very much. I'm pleased to be here. And one last time on your contact information on that phone that you do answer. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. 775-224-3351. Lou Carr from Summit Funding. It was great to have you here, too. Final thoughts? Oh, uh, thanks for having me on the show again, Peter. And, uh, you know, can we, like, squeeze in a fifth segment today? A fifth that, segment. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love to listen to Ken talk. And, and as usual, I always learn something new on your show, Peter. Well, you Thanks can, very much. You can hang around after the show, and I know we're going to get Ken back because I've there got more go. questions too. Thanks, Lou. Good. You bet. Dave Washburn from Socotra Capital. It was great to have you here talking hard money, lending. Today's show just uh, should reinforce for the listeners how important it is to get informed and get that information. The data is there. We actually have those closed sales, and it's really recent, and we can go back quite a ways in the future. So there's a lot of information there, and uh, I would caution people as you hear about the Fed's rates coming up or you know the market getting toppy or this, that, and the other, take an extra day or two, do your research, find a quality realtor and lender, and make an informed decision when you do. Good advice. Thank you much, Dave. Excellent. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. My name is Peter Padilla, your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio. If you have questions for me, you can visit our website and get all of our contact information, nevadarealestateradio.com. Tell your friends and tell your family to tune in next week. Same time, same station. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com. Hello, I'm Andy Cassidy from Junk King Reno. The guests are coming to your home for the holidays, but are you ready? We're here to help you. Junk King can help you clear out the spare room or any part of your home that needs rubbish, trash, or junk removed so you can have space you need for your guests. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. We're the professionals in the junk and rubbish removal business. Our team comes to your home to pick up what you need to dispose of. You don't need to gather or haul all your stuff to the curb. We can pick it up from your home and haul it away quickly. We recycle and donate everything possible before we visit a landfill. We're fully licensed and bonded. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. Junk King Reno, locally owned and operated. Let us help you get ready for the holidays. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK.